0: Welcome to Hotelcast. This podcast is brought to you by AskSuite, the number one hotel chatbot focused on direct bookings and reservation productivity. My name is Paula, I'm the Content Marketing Specialist at AskSuite and I will be your host today. Before I introduce our special guest, let me just remind you all to follow us on Spotify, just type Hotelcast and you'll find several podcast episodes each episode with a hospitality expert talking about revenue, distribution, recruitment, guest service, and much more. But today's episode is about the new segments in travel demand and the best practice in revenue management. So, the, uh, the question is how can hotels bring more money to the table, right? So to discuss this topic, I have, uh, we invited Pablo Torres, a Spanish hospitality professional based in London with 20 years of experience in the hotel industry. Uh, Pablo mainly focuses on revenue management, optimization and talent, talent development. So I think he's the right person to talk to about this topic. So thank you so much, Pablo, for being here today and welcome to our podcast.
1: Thank you. Dan. Pleasure is mine. Thanks very much, Paola, for inviting me.
0: Thank you. Uh, Pablo, like I mentioned, you have 20 years of hotel experience uh, working mm. with hotels all over the world. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about your story and why did you focus on revenue management? What what attracts you in, in this segment?
1: All right. Uh, so, yeah, I started working in hotels 20 years ago, which may sound very old. <laughs> uh, 10 years in hotel operations. Uh, so I studied in Spain. Then uh, as soon as I finished university, I went to Ireland to work in hotels for five years in, in Ireland, the UK and Germany, back to Spain another few years up to front office and, and revenue managers. That's why I started getting involved with revenue back in 2007, uh, taking care of the revenue of that property. Then I was helping the corporate office as well. And then in 2011, I moved from operations to consulting and training, which is what, what I'm doing for the last 10 years. And uh, we help hotels, as you were saying, optimize their inventory and, and their uh, revenue to try to maximize all the potential that they have to try to uncap it and, and get all the money that is left on the table, as you were saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. And, uh, and uh, you, you were, of course, I asked it about the revenue part, but you also work with the talent uh, management and development, sorry. So, which is a topic that I personally really uh, like and I admire. So, if you could just, just please a little talk a little bit about the projects you have and what you were involved in this in this, in this uh, part of the job.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as you were saying, uh, it's part consulting and part trading. So, trading is about developing the team. And so there is a lot of talk now but um, we might be able to mention it later digitalization and, and use of technology but you cannot forget training people okay, and, and the human touch in there so it's a mix of both and we focus a lot on the on the human talent so making sure that we develop team members and it can be front desk can be waiters or FMB staff spa reservations all different departments to make sure that they understand uh, the concepts of revenue and how to maximize it how do you How to do uh, suggestive sales, push sales um, to be able to make guests enjoy the stay more while they pay more money for those services.
0: Yeah, that that, that makes sense. It is uh, the human resource is the most value and it's the most expensive as well. And unfortunately, sometimes it's the most uh, underrated <laughs> inside mm-hmm. of any organization, not only, I think, not only in the hotel industry.
1: True. I mean, historically here in, in the UK, um, you could uh, have a reception is lasting in, in a hotel 18 months, maybe. Turn, turnover was very high. Waiters, we're talking about six to eight months. So uh, it is, as you're saying, very expensive from the human touch and also from, from the economic po- point of view to retrain and rehire new people so, very so often so if you have that you put that extra effort on training them and developing them and also maybe incentivizing them you know if the sales program involved then the rotation will increase the satisfaction from the staff will increase and if the internal customer which is the staff is satisfied and happy it would be easier for them to make the external guests happy yeah
0: it it, it seems so logical when we we talk about it and yet it is so hard to put in practice it's a, it, it's always amazed me like yeah since before uh when i was working in the hotel industry here in in brazil latin america we do have a turnover very high too rates and i'm pretty sure it's uh, also related to the lack of uh, in, uh lack of development internal development and yeah. And it's so much, and it costs so much, right? I'm not sure if I'm saying something stupid, you can correct me, but I think it costs much more to hire uh, a new one, the whole process. And, and, and you have this uh, gap where the, the person is still adapting and all mm-hmm. that. So. The
1: onboarding and, and the level of service that somebody who's new is going to deliver, it cannot match what someone with 10 years of experience can deliver. Obviously it, it, it is a process. It doesn't matter how brilliant the new person is. It takes a few months. So you have these valleys of service that you are, those gaps that you were saying that you are under delivering to your customers. And if you have a fine dining restaurant of a five star hotel reception, guests expect a high level of service and they don't care if you've been there as a receptionist for three days or 15 years, they will always expect a high level of service. And that's challenging when you have high turnover, so yeah, it's very important to to, uh, put money on the, on the talent and, and understand from the company point of view, that it's, it's an investment, it's not a cost. So if you invest in your talent, the same as you invest in technology, it, you are investing, so it is, it has a high return. Yeah,
0: I think so that's it's a matter perfect. of putting
1: them on, the, on the company's mind, sorry.
0: No, no, no. Sorry, me, uh, you nailed it. I think it is not a cost, it's an investment. And, and if we go now to, if you, if we if we can link the two topics, the talent development and also revenue. Uh, I'm curious, really curious and a little bit out of script. time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But if you uh, when you talk about revenue managers, uh, are they different now? It's do, do do hotels expect something different from them now that their their roles uh, have had changed? What did you since you do training, maybe do you have something specific for revenue managers?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the challenge they have now is like everybody's looking at them, right? Hotels. I mean, the, the industry is on its knees. So everybody is looking at sales and revenue and saying, so guys, what are you going to, what's going to come out of your heart to make uh, the numbers go up? Yeah. Um, there's a big difference here. We have to be realistic. The only 85% sorry, of the hotels globally do not have a revenue management system. So either they rely oh, on high. Excel. That's very, very high. So only usually like big companies and, and a few individual hotels, but we have to, uh, we look at the mass, the high number of individual hotels that we have properties globally. They don't have any system. So either they run it with an Excel or, or they don't even have Excel. I mean, we have to be honest. So you know, the, the local three-star hotel run by a family, they don't have any any um, digital or any software in there. Okay. So first step is to have a minimum sort of software that can help you because i was just testing uh, some people in the in the university program we we're running and uh, many of them they they say would dedicate 50 percent of their time from the revenue point of view to create or to generate reports sorry the oh. reports should be given by the software you oh shouldn't my God. have any you know what I'm say. it, it, they, it they, sounds
0: they, insane yeah
1: exactly so revenue managers should strategize and work on a strategy. Okay. What can we do to maximize the potential of the hotel in the next three months, six months, however long you want to look at. But at the moment, because of the lack of technology of investment in technology, they spend a lot of time generating those reports. Reports are giving them information from the past and historical data. So, so it's, it takes a different mindset to say, okay, let's invest in technology first thing to have more information and then filter that information. And that's when you need a, a good professional. Uh, there is this saying uh, that um, information is like water in, in the planet. There's loads of it, but not much. It's, uh, you cannot drink most of it. Let's put like that, right? So oh, it's, it's not uh, um, useful for consumption. So data, everybody's talking about data now. Fine, you can get millions of data uh, from the all, the all the PMS that you might have, all the software, but then what do you do with that data? True. So it, it takes a good professional or a good software to filter it uh, to make use good use of it.
0: Yeah. And, and like you said, like it's, instead of doing uh, instead of using your most value resource, which is human in something that adds values to your business, which is analyze strategy, whatever you spend what was 50% or more of your time mm-hmm. creating reports that generate, you could easily generate. generate yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But but you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm surprised not because of the, the fact it itself, but it's because it related to revenue. And I'm going to explain because I, I mean, uh, I was to work in reservation department and all that, and it was also uh, everything basically manually, but I would expect the, rev, rev, the revenue uh, segment, or revenue department, since it's more data oriented, it would have this adoption of technology uh, faster and, and, and wider than the others. Departments, but apparently not. It's just uh, no. <laughs> so that's I think. Uh, that's and it's I very express...
1: new. So some people, if a lot of people, is very very new. I was talking with some uh, country manager from a software company yesterday, and he was saying that for him, it's more an educational effort, more more than a sales effort, to educate independent hotels on, on the need they have on this kind of software. Um, so which is, it's a first step for them to to have a, a rate shopper, for example, a channel manager, or any uh, sort of, of software that can help them. And as you're saying, use your time for something that your brain is needed for, not to type crunch numbers into an Excel, for example.
0: Yeah, sometimes it feels like uh, the hotel is like, uh, you know, the movie, the Charlie Chaplin movie that he, I don't know the name in English, I only know the name in Portuguese, which is not translated, but he keeps doing the same thing over and over, We know it's it, mm-hmm. it, it feels country, like yeah. f- f- like, mm-hmm. like that but you mentioned uh, pablo uh, about this uh well revenue revenue managers are on the spot right now uh because of there is no demand or very low demand and the hotels are looking at them and say okay you know what what, what trick you have to give me some money so let's talk about this, this type of new segments in the travel demand. What do you see that it's emerging now, and that can help re- revenue managers out there? that are listening to us to do their job and and bring mm-hmm. money to the hotel.
1: Okay, let's focus on the positive. So I mean, because there is one which is a corporate segment which is going to be hurt badly uh, after the pandemic. Uh, we we had a a meeting the other day with some marketing company from the U.S., from Florida, and they were saying that, based on their studies, uh, up to 17% of the corporate market is gone forever. Yeah,
0: that's
1: because all those meetings, all those events, are not going to happen anymore. Right? So we know that, fine. So what can we do you know, to, to make up for that loss? And it's all about, I mean, there are different segments that you're saying. One is the, all those remote workers, digital nomads, long stays. So we was having a, another uh, session earlier today and they were saying, well, listen, the, the concept is changing. Maybe your concept is not a hotel anymore. It could be a service apartments because more nice. and more people are looking for, for studies. I mean, with the little kitchenette, maybe, or, or a full uh, apartment, for example, uh, we've seen the growth of the Airbnbs, the various and so on. So that's a big one people working on what they call workation or staycation, whatever you want to call it. Right? So you mix work, and um, uh, and lesser, um, you might be able to take your family, maybe, you know, if you can work remotely uh, or people even considering moving abroad, if you can, you're based in, in London, for example, right? And uh, you might give it a try and go to, let's say Spain, for example, for a month, try there. And you are at, for the time being so-called digital mama, remote worker, um, you might be able to relocate. For example, you know, if you really can work remotely. You go somewhere cheaper, somewhere nicer and take advantage of geo arbitrage as it's called and and enjoy the benefit of a a cheaper environment so that's one Um, and then we have the the senior travelers um, and that can be very beneficial for certain areas especially for example i mean i'm focusing europe so southern europe um, which i mean especially the, the coastal areas or the lesser areas now you have that growing older population in europe uh, which um, they don't feel comfortable in a hotel maybe because they have some certain mobility needs. So they need some uh, adapted environment, but they are not that old that they need to be in a care home. They're in between. So all the population, we're talking about millions and millions, and it's going to multiply by three in the next 20, million, uh, 20 years, sorry, um, of people between 75 and 85, something like that. They really have, a. I mean, they do have a high income because oh, they are, and we're talking about like Northern European senior citizens to be able to enjoy their winter. And we're not talking about like one week, two weeks. We're talking about the entire winter. And, um,
0: and depending the on the country, for, sorry, mm-hmm. depending on the country I yeah. live in Sweden, that means like five, five, four months, you know, exactly. A but long I was talking winter. with, the, with
1: the, yeah, yeah, I was talking with a specialized Norwegian travel agent and she was telling me we have uh, all, all, older people here in Norway that they might spend the entire winter within their home because they are afraid of going out and sleeping on the ice and breaking their, their uh, um, bones, right? So if they could enjoy an entire winter, Spain, Portugal, Italy, Greece, they will do it, but they need that offer. They are missing that accommodation that is adapted to them. Mm-hmm. So it, it takes a bold entrepreneur or a company to say, okay, I'm going, I have a three-star third line hotel which is going to be redundant because I wouldn't have customers coming to my hotel what about if I adapted and I have a, this new segment which is going to fill my hotel throughout the year so that's another segment what we have to, to we, hoteliers school focus or no or apartment owners for example yeah
0: I love I really I think that's very interesting I I, I... I haven't heard it before. This uh, this approach of focusing on we do have here this idea. We're from South America. That Europe is an old country, because mainly because of what you're saying. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's an opportunity. to have it's kind I mean, of thing.
1: It, it's, it's kind of uncommon in Europe. There's some um, resorts being developed, but it's I mean you think about the uh, the US, with the population is similar, but say less than we have in Europe. And Florida, there's a million American senior citizens living in Florida who's just moving to retire in there. They have this condominiums, you know, what is called assisted living. Um, they enjoy the company of people similar to their age. Um, and they have their golf courses, they have the communal areas, and then they have their own apartment for themselves. We could apply the same in Southern Europe because there is enough market to feel that there isn't enough demand for it. Yeah. that That's very interesting. And,
0: and going back now to the, the other, uh, the other type of uh, demand that it can, it is emerging and more and more. I think it's growing because it's this, this remote uh, work, work remotely. Because now yeah, oh, mm-hmm. everybody, it's doing that at least now. Most of us, mm-hmm. and we've seen a lot of a lot of hotels adapting, like you were saying. And I think if I if I own maybe <laughs> uh executive hotel, business hotel, I would try to to do this uh, more day. How do you say that? Uh, to spend a day at the hotel, not the, mm-hmm. the overnight. They use, yeah. They use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, use We've seen here some, some hotels doing that very, very mm-hmm. good. And I think you have to, to adapt and see what it's the demand in your area, right? Absolutely. That's the... mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look what other people are doing, be creative, but not only in your local area, globally. Um, many hotels have large conference rooms. And for a good while, they won't be used, they won't be needed. So what are you doing with that space? The thing is maximizing revenue is it's looking at your entire space in the hotel and say, like, how can I maximize this space? So we've gone from empty lobbies, which is used to pass by, to go to the elevator, to very lively lobbies, uh, to with a bar in there, people socializing there, working stations and people drinking coffee, for example, or you making money out of the lobby, which you didn't 10 years ago. What about that conference room that is empty? Can I use it, for example, as workstations? And rent it, for example, either day use, as you're saying, or monthly passes. Mm. And there are apps in the market where you can subscribe as a hotelier, and uh, they appear on those apps for people. I arrive to I don't know Lisbon, for example, in the morning. I only have a meeting until lunch time. What do I do between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m.? Where do I go? What about you know, if I have that app, go to this nice area, working area in a hotel nearby, sit down, nice Wi-Fi, safe, clean environment. It'll be perfect.
0: Yeah, I think it, it also you you, you you hit the nail again. Uh, I think we are used to, most of us, uh, to associate revenue with booking a room. And I think people get too strict to that, you know, and doesn't see other possibilities and don't, don't maximize, like you're saying, uh, the revenue. In, the ways that they could, they don't even Everywhere. announce other mm-hmm. services and all that. Sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> even bef- before the p- pandemic, you could see that, that it's, it's
1: you know, hundred percent. Just... Uh, and the thing is, I mean, we have to learn a lot from the airlines again, uh, the, the vendors, <laughs> of revenue management, right? So it is many airlines, especially the locals, sometimes up to 50% of the revenue is coming from ancillary revenue. So not the tickets themselves. And we have to try to adapt that to hotels. So and resorts, for example, in the Caribbean are very good with that. You might have an all-inclusive resort, which still makes loads of money for ancillary revenue, from renting their shop areas, from the photographer you have, photo- taking pictures of the people in there, uh, organizing events, to uh, every corner of their garden, even the garden. They say, okay, how much money can I get from this garden? Yeah. I can't run. I remember, you know, I did. A- I had a-, a some holidays in Mexico a couple of years ago, and they, they had every evening. They have different local people selling their garments and their little handmade stuff. Obviously they charge them a fee to be there. Mm -hmm. So they're making money of a open space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So so it's about in in, you have to think in a city hotel, the same thing. Okay, how can I make money of my terrace? I can make money of my ground floor. I can make money of the parking. What about hiring your parking for people who are not guests, for example, if you have one?
0: Yeah, what about
1: yeah. getting a Starbucks uh, to be placed in your lobby as a brand? You know, it can be any brand, obviously.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're totally right. I think you, you need to, as a revenue manager, one of, I think, one of the things maybe that I would skill that I would look at look at if someone is, if I had a job position and I was hiring someone, is the ability to, to think a little bit outside the box and, and don't go for just one model all the time because things change like we're, we're seeing now and you have to reinvent and you have to, yeah, you have to be open for, mm-hmm. for trying. Things. I mean,
1: and now we're, we're thinking of the small details, but I mean, what you were saying revenue used to be room revenue, but then take the, the usual hotel, you're going to have usually a restaurant or a bar and a restaurant, how much more can you maximize the revenue in a restaurant? I was just talking with a guy earlier today that they, they have now dynamic pricing in the menus. So they have an iPad. Yeah. Cool. And the, and the amount of the dish is going to change depending on the day, depending on the time of the day that's coming. We used to see that in airlines, it came to hotel rooms. It will land in, in B as well. The same with golf courses with spas. So it's applying what we apply already in, in rooms, in, within hotels, you know, the outlets to make sure we maximize the, the potential
0: that's that's really I didn't know that too it's a, it's a really interesting and uh, you already went through some best practice and strategies you already give a lot of tips that I'm pretty sure people were writing down when they're listening to this and but do you have like okay uh, is it you still have some uh, hesitant uh, revenue managers out there saying, so, "Oh, but I, I can't do the magic you know I'm uh, I don't have that that much demand uh, I don't know how to create a demand. We are talking about optimizing the demand that you have. But mm-hmm. do you have any? Do you see any maybe common mistakes that that it's uh, it's being do, uh, people are doing right now in the low demand? I know a lot of people are talking about. I don't know your opinion, uh, Pablo. About oh go go down your your rates. Uh, no, stay range. stay mm-hmm. uh, stay stay strong. Uh, what is your, your opinion about that or recommendation or, yeah, I mean, any
1: tips? A, a bad common mistake is to create very fancy packages, uh, that they're never sold, you know, the romantic package with the chocolate truffles and roast petal. Oh, it's boring. You know, it's been there forever. Nobody buys it. Right. So only Valentine's day. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, but yeah, it's true you have to be creative. So booking.com is a, is a hero or or evil, depending on who you yeah. ask. Right but they are very creative in the way they use the website. So they're, they're really good on technology and they keep updating the website on a daily basis and they have the, I mean the beta website there and everything they, they see as an improvement. They tweak it daily and they change it. They keep changing. Fine. They have a lot of money They can invest technology. Now I'm a single hotelier. I don't have that money. What can I do? Apply the concept. Be creative. Okay, what can I do today? Can I create a new uh, little bundle, for example, uh, room with this different sort of breakfast? What about the prices? Can I can I create a virtual room? Because many people they keep having boring room categories: standard, superior, junior, presidential. Mm-hmm. What about what about balcony room? Do you have one? Have you ever considered creating that room? Oh, but it needs to change in the system. Don't change the system. Create a virtual room and your front desk team can sell you at the desk? Give it a try, a couple of weeks, see how it works. If it works, then it'd be worth it to change it in the system, for example. Have you tried cross-selling between departments? Even things like, for example, now with the housekeeping, a lot of people say, no, housekeeping shouldn't be in the room because of health and safety regulations, whatever, okay. So guest, if you don't have housekeeping in your room, you can get a FMB credit in the restaurant, for example, something, things that SPG before they uh, joined Marriott were doing many years ago. What about applying planning to your single hotel? It doesn't cost you any money. You're saving money for, through housekeeping. So why not make it not go to the restaurant? They're going to be embarrassed only to take their free five, five euro credit and leave. They are going to have a second one. So there you go. You make a profit in there. So it's loads of different tiny ideas, which cost nothing. It's a matter of giving it a try. And, and we, what we always do with our clients is like, okay, value at stake, how much money are you not earning by not doing what we tell you to do? <laughs>
0: That's uh, a good, very good yeah, point. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: so, I mean, how much are we making now? hundred thousand. Okay. Based on your profile, inventory, et cetera, you may be making 300. So you're missing 200,000. Do you want to continue missing, wasting, or I mean, not making $200,000? Yes. Okay, fine. Be my guess. Do you want to work towards... Reaching that target, yeah. Well, let's work together. You know? yeah. So, I would invite people who are listening to to do that the exercise. How much am I making? What is the potential, and what is the gap in there, and what can I do to close that gap in between?
0: Oh, that's that. That's a, a masterclass in twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, love that. We are ready. I could talk just. Uh, oh. Much more with you, Pablo. It's always a pleasure and always very insightful. Uh, but you said something that I do want to, to to stretch and and to highlight uh, about the offers that uh, you put an offer that no one no one wants. And I think it's a common mistake we see from the guest uh, guest service point of view. And I think it's because I think marketing and sales they are together. They have to be together. Uh, and and I think that's because. Um, this kind of, that's kind of mistake it's happened, it happens. Uh, you offer something that you, your audience don't want. You don't know your audience. You, 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 that, that's the thing. You assume a lot of things that people mm-hmm. will like. And it, I think, I think revenues, they have to also understand the, mm-hmm. the guess. And that
1: what comes with the, with the strategy you were saying before. So if you, instead of be crunching numbers in Excel, you are becoming a strategizer. That's mm-hmm. one. So you you have more clarity. Now that's, that's true what you're saying that in the past, in many cases, sales decided what to sell and then told revenue, okay, now deal with that. Yeah. That's wrong. All right. But that's what comes with because of working with, within silos. So finance doesn't know what revenue is doing, which doesn't know what sales are doing. We need to come together and work more uh cooperatively. Sales and revenue should be working hand by hand, seeing t- trends, checking with the comms that of what the comes are doing, whatever you're coming working in a, in a company, what corporate corporate is telling you from the guidelines and put it all together come with the strategy but together not imposing to each other what, what to do.
0: Yeah well that's that, that, that's uh, one of the best podcasts about revenue seriously Pablo thank you so much for being here I wish, I wish I wish you have more time uh that's my education
1: side yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> well well you, you do yeah you, you do work with talent development so <laughs> if it was a boring podcast or something, then, then yeah it, it wouldn't look good for you again <laughs> i guess but seriously not, not saying just saying you know i follow your work and i invite everybody to follow you at sure. least on linkedin i know you have uh you're very active there you post uh, you have your podcast as well, uh, you interview mm-hmm. people. So yeah, I invite everybody to, to follow you on LinkedIn. And before we, we, we went here, is there any, any, anything that I miss asking you or anything that how, how can people contact you the best way I'm, ta- I'm talking about LinkedIn but but maybe you prefer another, mm-hmm. <laughs> another way. No, no,
1: no, 100% know. LinkedIn. I mean, uh, I'm always uh, active in LinkedIn. Uh, as you mentioned, I post almost daily. Uh, articles, podcasts, uh, yeah, I, I try to be very active in there. Um, so yeah, that's the best, the, the easiest way to find me. Mm-hmm.
0: And to to watch your uh, watch or listen to your your podcast, it is a YouTube channel you have, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is the Torres Consulting and Torres Hospitality Consulting podcast. Um, so yeah, find out. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. I I will put it on the on the blog post. If you're listening to us, you can always check they're going to link to it. So thank you so much for chatting with us, Pablo. Uh, It was a pleasure, really.
1: (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your time, Pablo.
0: Well, thank you all for tuning in and be sure to follow AskSuite on Spotify. Check out our website, asksuite.com to learn more about the 2021 Hotel Tech Award winner chatbot and how it can help your team perform better and increase revenue. Thank you all.